When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, 170 overs lost. So basically we played three days in, in total and, and Australia would have been in the commanding position after three days cricket to be where they were. But uh, they were on the clock really with the rain that fell. So it, it is, it's an incredibly frustrating test uh, a bit too often and it has a, a much higher uh, draw occurrence than anywhere else in the country. And really, the evolution of cricket is away from draws, but Sydney keeps having them on the basis of its weather. Uh, and there's a really interesting phenomenon, Jules. If if you, as a Melbourneian, dare point out that it's raining in Sydney, you become public enemy number one. But <laughs> I sat there and watched it rain, uh, and it just happens too often. Is there any discussion to have about the date of this test match then? No, there's there's absolutely no willingness to do that. I suspect there is, is if the, the showpiece of Sydney's cricket keeps getting so affected, uh, then at some point you probably would front up to that and go, actually, is there a better scenario? But I get that it's such an occasion, just like Melbourne has the Boxing Day test, Sydney has the New Year's test, but it has through the years started on different dates, January 1, January 2, <laughs> January 3, and now January 4. I suspect climactically it's actually better placed in December, but no, that's that's it's not happening. That the, really, the, even though Cricket Australia's head office is in Melbourne, the stronghold of cricket is in Sydney. And uh, as I say, if you dare say anything against the SCG test, they line up outside the door to greet you when you walk out. So leading into this test match, a big part of the discussion was, you know, this is maybe a little bit, bit of a snapshot into India, maybe, you know, with Renshaw coming into the team, Ashton Agar coming into the team. So given all that and given there wasn't that much cricket, what did we learn out of this test match about what might happen in India, either around selection or, you know, what what we can do on a pitch that's turning a little bit, even though it, it didn't seem like it turned that much at all? Not nearly enough, I think, is the answer. There would have been a, a sense of frustration that I think the sentiment to to have some sort of rehearsal for Sydney was for India was spot on. Uh, you don't waste a circumstance like Australia was presented with, but they never got to answer any of those questions. And I actually think some of it, some of the thinking will be muddied. Um, Ashton Agar didn't bowl in the manner in his return to Test cricket that would have him ready to go for the first Test in India. So. I suspect in their private planning and on their whiteboard, it was going to be Lyon and Agar and Nagpur. But now that they've seen it, is Agar's red ball bowling doesn't look ready mm. for that challenge. Um, so there's no question that he'll go on the tour. And Pat Cummins rallied around that last night. And I totally understand that. But I don't know whether that performance actually has him in that first test. And I think that's what they were looking for. I think they were looking for reassurance. Um, and maybe Agar was as well. We spoke to him on maybe it was morning two. And I think Barat asked him where his red ball bowling was. And he didn't know because he's done so little yeah. of it. He's always traveling with the white ball team. So he doesn't get to play shield cricket. And it was 2017 since he'd played a test match. He didn't bowl with the, with the consistency, but all the threat that test cricket demands 
Um, they weren't the right circumstances for it. It would have been interesting to see on day four or day five on a wearing pitch. But on that evidence, I don't think he would play at Nagpur. So the second spinner question is unanswered. And I think what we do know is Australia's lineup makes so much sense when Cameron yeah. Green is there. And it is really out of balance when he's not there. So I think we've known for a couple of summers what a valuable player he is. And he's done his apprenticeship in test cricket in front of our eyes. But his absence was gaping. And now that we know that Stark's not playing that first test, and I'm not sure where the green is either, having listened to him on SEN in Perth during the week. So um, I think there are, there are more questions now than it felt like there were a week ago. And I think the intention was the precise opposite. It was to, to have a really stable game plan. But uh, a bit of it's in the wind, I think. So Agar and Lyon will go to India. Which other spinners do you think are riding contention? If you had to pick the next one, who would it be? I think Swepson and Murphy will both go. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a growing view within Australian cricket that Todd Murphy's the second best spinner. He bowls the same as Nathan Lyon. So I don't think they want a two-prong attack, which is Lyon and Murphy. But if they didn't end up with three spinners, I think they would gladly play both of those. Swepson's had test cricket in Pakistan and in Sri Lanka. Uh, he I don't know whether the pitches didn't suit him or whether that part of the world didn't suit him. He he was the incumbent, so he was stepped over uh, for Sydney. I I imagine he goes. So I feel like they'll take those four spinners and the only other addition would be Kuhneman, I imagine. But um, I could see in certain circumstances uh, definitely three and maybe even all four of the others playing a test match. You know the voice is Jared Waitley. We're wrapping up the Australian Test summer and looking forward to a huge year for the Australians in India and in England. Just uh, from this series, was Dave Warner really the player of the series? No, it's one of the more perplexing things. I actually think this is Robert Klomp territory. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's the biggest blue of an award since <laughs> Robert Klomp. Um, he got the player of the match in Melbourne for his double century there. That, that's sort of where it ends. You don't get the player of the series for failing in the other two test matches. I, I, I nearly fell off my chair when it happened. So um, Travis Head certainly was ahead of him from a batting perspective because he performed in all tests. Steve Smith's numbers were better. I don't know why we're so prejudiced against bowlers. Is Pat Cummins' 12 yep. wickets at 16? That was enough for me. He, he was the player of the series in my eyes. But yeah, how for, for one innings in one test match across the three-test series you could end up as the man of the series. I think even Warner was left scratching his head when he answered the first question. He sort of said, I, I answered all of that in Melbourne. You did. And that's where you got your award from. So <laughs> that it was a total howler. Um, and I don't really understand how it would have happened. Yeah, well, he didn't get a little colour TV like Robert Klomp. That might have been the uh, <laughs> that might have been the only difference. So Usman Khawaja was on with Simon O'Donnell and Sam Edmund on breakfast this morning, saying he really thinks Australia's in their best position for a while to win a Test series in India. Do you think that's the case, or given Stark uh, Green fitness concerns, Stark out of the first Test, we don't know who the second spinner is. Do you think we are in a really good position to challenge India in India? 
I think we were in a really good position. Mm. I felt like at the end of Melbourne, and I'm, I'm sure I said this, is I don't think there'd been a team better prepared for the challenge of India in 20 years. But it's it's sort of the timing of the, the mishaps and the open questions. Ideally, going to India, you would want to be fully fit. So Australia's not going to be that. And the best exponent of reverse swing is Mitch Stark. So he's not going to be there. And you would like to have the second spinner question answered Last time they went, they knew they were playing Stephen O'Keefe and he bowled them to victory in Pune in the first test. So they had that in order when they went last time. I think the batting is in great shape. I think the pace bowling broadly is in great shape. Yep. Um, I think Nathan Lyon is, is in terrific form for it. So most aspects, I think, are very much in place. I do think it's Australia's best chance probably since last they won in India. And I really like this team. I think this is a brilliant team. I just think a few things have conspired against them right at the start of the tour. And if you if you are able to tell me that Green's not there as well as Stark's not there, then I think we're a long way behind the eight ball for the first test, knowing that they will both be back really for the second test. So, but you 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 don't want to chase the series in India. So part of me thinks yes, and part of me is just. You know, it's just unfortunate that these issues have arisen right at the time where they're about to go. It's a really tough thing to predict because things can change, form and injuries. But just as we sort of embark on this amazing two series coming up in India and in England, I mean, we'd love to win both and that would seal this team's... I guess, legacy, if they could win both of those series. We haven't won an Ashes since 2001 in England and 2004 in India. What's realistic for those two series, do you think? And then you can throw in the World Test Championship, which yep. I know that's not locked in, but it really does seem like it will happen. So, look, if they won one of those series and won the World Test Championship, I think that's one of the great achievements by an Australian cricket team. If they happen to sweep, then they will immediately be hailed into the upper echelon. If they achieve one of the three, then that will be worthy of salute. And if they miss the lot, then they'll be disappointed. Um so it's all to play. There's never really been a calendar year like it for an Australian cricket team and that it's all test cricket. And then there's a 50-over World Cup. But I, I, you put that to the side. It's usually if you get two major events, one's white ball and one's red ball. But this all happens in the same calendar year. It has the potential absolutely to define the Pat Cummins years. And they sort of are right at the start of those years anyway. So huge opportunity for them. I really like this team. I would love them to, to be able to to pick off two of those three and um, and be hailed in the in the company that I think they're worthy of. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic year. It's probably exactly what Test Cricket needs, uh, the, the best countries playing each other uh, this year. Jared, well done on the Test Summer for you and all the team. It was fantastic stuff, and we cannot wait for this series in India to get underway. Thanks again for your time this morning. Jules, terrific. There's been so much to talk about, and I know the cricket hasn't been as competitive as uh, as everybody would have liked, but there's been so many excellent deeds by this Australian team day on day on day that uh, it, it did feel worthwhile.